Welcome back. You're with The Brecky Show with Faith of M. It's Minnie Renee and Sven is staying for our Ooh. Encounter with God section today. So if you guys are regular listeners, you would know that this is the time we just um, study the Bible. It's 20 million movement. So all around the world, a bunch of people are studying the same passage. And we get to do it here on The Brecky Show, Yay. which is nice. And it's, it's actually nice having a third person. Like just get some different <laughs> Throw in a bit of a spin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Keep it interesting. And if you have been following along, and if you haven't, that's okay. Welcome. We're glad you're with us. We're... Looking at Isaiah, so the past couple of weeks, that's where we've been at the start of the book. And we've talked, what have we talked about? We've talked, we've talked about King Ahaz. We've been talking and, about King Ahaz and the prophecy that God gave him. Yep. Last week we spoke about, we talked, what did we talk about? I'm trying to remember. Like, I know the, the hard gen- way. The hard, yes, the hard yeah. way. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes. And how... King, the king kind of consistently looked at other people outside of God That's and it right. actually made it worse for him, mm. really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a really interesting section of the Bible. Well, I actually love all the prophets, Old Testament prophets. I'm about that life. Hey, like, did you did you know someone told – I was talking about the lesson on Saturday at church and someone was like – because we covered Matthew, the genealogy of Jesus. You usually skip chapter one. You're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. The son of <laughs> this person, whatever. But then they were like, did you know Ahaz was in the genealogy of Jesus? So I was like, oh, of course that makes sense. Because of Hezekiah, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, oh. just thought it was a cool thought. <laughs> but you know, know for, the, for the Jews, the genealogy would have been really, really significant. Yeah. Yes. Like, absolutely. who's my parents? Who's my grandparents? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so we sort of really go like, ah, oh, a bunch of names. But yeah. them go like, that's, that, that's, that's my granddad. Yeah. <laughs> actually, we're actually quite disconnected from that way of thinking in like Western Australia Individualism, culture. Individualism, yes. Because mm. yeah. we're more about like, hey, what do you do? Where are you from? Whereas like other, even now other cultures are more like, no, who are your people though? Yes. Give me the family. Like yes. where, where's the connection, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, yeah, so it would have been very significant. But this is actually something that's so beautiful about Jesus' gene- genealogy. The array of characters mm-hmm. that it in was that pretty background. messed up in it some was- <laughs> ways, or many ways. Oh, many well, even ways. David, you know, he's mm. like son of David, and he had his own bit of dysfunction <laughs> in mm. his life. But it, it brings it brings hope to us because yes. if if Jesus was willing to have those kind of people in his mm-hmm. ancestry, then he's actually willing to include us in his family as well. Absolutely. So, and by extension, for us, then you know. May God give us the grace to allow others to right, be into yes. that too. You know, not just make it a exclusive club like, no, no, you're not good enough for this because that's not the message at all. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, so we are in this morning, we're in Isaiah chapter 9. Um, we're going to read the first five verses. So if you guys are at home, um, you can crack out your Bible or you can just listen to us read. No worries, whichever way you want to go. Um, and before we read, um, Sven, do you want to say a prayer for us just as we get into the Word of God? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this time that we can stop and pause in the morning. Mm. And uh, no matter where we are, whether at home or on with the way to work, uh, Lord, the reality is that you are present with us. And we also want to thank you for for your Word, for, for the Bible, which brings so much hope and light and meaning and purpose to to our lives. Uh, Father, we recognize there's times where we may not really understand uh, the words that we're reading because it it goes so deep. Mm. But I want to pray, Lord, that you would uh, just fill us with your Holy Spirit. May may your presence be very real to us and may you guide our minds so we may be able to understand what you want to, to teach us, to show us 
revealed to us today through this beautiful chapter, this beautiful passage in Isaiah chapter 9, is my prayer in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. So as I said, we're in Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read verse 1 to 5. Renee, do you want to read those verses for us? Sure. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Verse 5, the boots of the warrior and the uniformed uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. Mm. What stands out to you guys as we read this passage? Is there anything that kind of is highlighted? Well, this starts off as a prophecy, right? This is it a, does, mm, yes. It's a prophecy that's like, this is the end of the gloomy days yes. <laughs> for Galilee. Yeah. It just what really stands out to me is the the contrast between darkness and light. Yes. And, you know, sometimes life can be really dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's so so many things that can go wrong, personally, uh, you know, globally um, as as well, um, and, and yet what this is really saying is there's hope, there's there's light, you know that that classical saying there is light at the end of the yeah. tunnel, there really yeah. really is, uh, so it's not all gloom. Absolutely, and I really like. Um I mean, it starts in my Bible with nevertheless. If you guys were with us last week, we kind of ended on the note of the people were kind of, um, you know, looking at wizards and sorcerers speaking to the dead. And it kind of ended in the chapter before just talking about, you know, they're going to be hard-pressed and hungry. Um, When they're hungry, they will be enraged and curse their king and God. They will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness. You know, it's very... Mm. Gloomy. There's, it's very gloomy. There is mm. no hope. It's just kind of woe is us. And then there's this, as you guys have kind of both said, there's this, there's this hope that's coming back. It's like, hold on, this isn't the end. Mm. Just, just kind of wait. <laughs> um, and I just think it's a beautiful passage of, as you said, light at the end of the tunnel. It's like it's coming. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There is darkness, but you don't you don't actually have to stay in that darkness. And I guess that's the challenge. Is so often as um, as we talked about, like Adam and Eve in, our, in the mm-hmm. the interview as well. Sometimes we go down paths where we actually it ends up in darkness. Yeah. You know, there's this kind of attraction. It's kind of a bit seductive, shall mm-hmm. I say? And, and we think, wow, this this would be really interesting. Really, um, you know, I wonder what's down there. And and I mean, this is so true for spiritualism and the cult. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this sense of magic, you know, supernatural. Whereas when we go down that track, we end up in this incredibly dark place. It reminds me of this little film that I, I watched. Uh, we were doing this um, mental health first aid course mm. uh, right right with, my, with the team. Uh, here and uh, the the facilitator showed this uh, this video of taking drugs and it slowly got darker and darker and that's exactly what we see here as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
we um we'll take a break in just a sec. But I think that's really good. That's a really good picture to look at, which we'll come back to in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's this this um, little video clip called Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So you can go on YouTube, type in Nuggets, Ooh. and it's about a kiwi bird. So they're, they're okay. all the kiwis, the New Zealanders <laughs> nice. out there, Pacific Islanders as well maybe, uh, you, you might be able to try it. And this kiwi bird is kind of just walking along, you know, sort of cruising, um, and it comes across this uh, this nugget, this kind of droplet. And what, of course, it is is, is um, a dose of drugs, you know, in terms right. of real life. Um, and it sort of looks at it and checks it out and, and just kind of walks on. And then it comes across another and, and decides, okay, I'm going to take it this time. Mm. And wow, the euphoria, the amazement, you know, of, of experiencing, you know, what, what drugs can do. Mm-hmm. And it keeps on walking and every time it does it goes, oh, another nugget. I've got to take it. I've got to do that, that kind of um, do another dose. But each time you can watch this kiwi bird getting darker and darker, the light around it goes and, and inside it becomes all contorted and distorted. And by the end of it, this, this kiwi bird is in darkness. Mm. And, and look, personally, I haven't done drugs myself, but from what people tell me, that's exactly what happens. You know, the highs get lower and lower and, and it just gets a darker and darker kind of place. And this is exactly what we see here in a spiritual sense that you might go down this track. You might, wow, this is interesting, supernatural, spiritual, your cult, Ouija boards, all of those kind of things. But you, you head into this, um, this darker and darker, gloomier place. Mm-hmm. But then the, the question really is, is there hope? Is there hope for the drug addict? Is there hope for the the occultist, the 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 person who's into spiritualism? And, and this is what it's saying here: is but there will be no more gloom. There will be light. Yeah, that's the message. And, and I think that goes into you know you could nearly pick anything in life because we all have different temptations and just weaknesses and and hard things, right? You know, I remember years ago I was speaking to like my bro Scott and um. His thing was video games that he's just like, it became an escapism that I kind of couldn't get out of. Mm. Um, and it was just so interesting to talk to him about it because he, you know, and for him, he wasn't like people shouldn't play or should play. You know, he, that wasn't his point. His point was he's just like, I started because I had to get out of my own life. And then it was almost exactly as you describe it, it gets darker and darker and in your own head gets messier and messier. So mm. kind of turning to this thing again and again. And then you're so far removed from anything that is really going to be helpful. Mm. Um, and you know, I've, I've, you know, personally, or just talking to friends, you see that play out in heaps of ways. Whether it's, you know, we had a story earlier about f- food and you know mm. health and you know addictions with just eating, or whether yeah. it's, yeah, pick anything, movies or relationships, or mm. you know, that the thing that can seem like the place to go. Mm. <laughs> just can get you really caught up in a place you don't want to be. And that's the thing about anything to do with like addictions or even like um 
I guess any issue, you know, anything to do with the occult, they it promises one thing, yeah. Um, yet it delivers another thing, yeah. Mm. And that's that's the thing. That's that's what really gets you. You you, I guess with your friend who had videos of games, he's like, oh, this will help me relax. I can avoid the stress of life. Yeah. I can just chill. But in the end, it just becomes something that really just controls you and just brings you away from God. And 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 like um, Sven said in the interview, anything away from God, I don't find any meaning. I don't find any value in that so it's not a place i would want to be personally mm. but there's another really beautiful thing here it's it's all very good saying well there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah. you know it's all gonna be good <laughs> yeah, it's easy to you say know, it's 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 like kind of like it's very cheap yes. if i could put it that way yes. you just True. you know just roll it off your tongue and and it's it can be i mean obviously you want to encourage people but at the same time it can also be um, almost a little patronizing, putting mm. people down mm. or a little bit kind of empty. Mm. But what this does is notice, but in the latter time, so this is the, the second part of, of verse one, but in the latter time, further down in the future, he has made glorious or bright the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. So he's actually saying that light is going to come from beside the sea, uh, Connecting in with our, our uh, competition questions here, the land beyond Jordan, Galilee of Nations. This is where, it's, so it's very, very specific yeah. where globally this light is going to come from. It's from Galilee. Mm. It's from uh, beside Jordan by by the sea. And I'm going like, hang on a minute. That is really cool. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that tells me that God knows where He's going to to bring this this sense of hope, this light, yeah. and it starts to. I mean, of course, I'm sort of thinking further down in in, in the future. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's it's bells are starting to ring. That's where I want to be. That's I want to know where this light is coming from. Mm. Absolutely. And I think this is, I imagine, and this is just my personal imagination that goes off on these tangents, I just imagine the joy that God must have in having given this message to be like, I just want you to know, yes. you know, so that you're ready. Like, are you ready? Do you know, man, I'm ready to like help you guys out. I'm going to save you. It's going to be great. You know, like, I mean, that may not be the exact emotion God has, but I just imagine that there's God giving this message is such a, I just love you guys, yes. you know. And you don't get it. Mm. But I really, I'm just, and this is a beautiful thing I find when I read the Bible, even that there are times when I read a message and you're like, oh, yep, cool, cool. And then it might be for me a couple of years down or months later that you're like, whoa, that's the message. Mm. And kind of that God gives it, it's not based on my understanding at the time. It's still there. It, the message is still true, whether I get it at the time or not. And for all of our listeners who maybe have no idea why we're so excited about this particular <laughs> thing, of course, you know, that is where Jesus ministered. Yes. So he, yeah. he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it's just a classic kind of picture. Yes. You know, by the Jordan, that's where he got baptized. Um, you know, he, he was in a boat teaching, mm. um, calming the storm. So it's really pointing us towards Jesus. But the, the, the point that I want to make is that um, the prophecy in the Bible that God makes, they're not kind of nebulous, kind of grand. They're, they're not like your horoscope, your, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, Leo or Scorpio kind yeah. of things that yeah. you might meet somebody, it might go really well, but then it might go a really bit, bit bad and then it might go good. And, you know, what does it all mean kind of thing? He's being very, very specific here. And this is one of the really key things about prophecy. God, God is actually, he knows the future and he gives us enough detail to be able to say, I can trust him. Mm. He will be bring hope he will bring light uh, because he's actually p- 
pointed it out hundreds of years. This is 600 years before Jesus came. Mm. Yes. And Jesus, uh, God told them where the light's going to come from. Yes. And, you know, just kind of following on your thought before about things that are really easy to say, um, I, I think this is a, such a beautiful passage. I'll just read, um, yeah, I guess verse 2 and 3. It just says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You, being God, have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Oh, you know, what I read verse 4. You have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. This is a beautiful message of you have reason to rejoice. Mm. And as you said, like, by the time Jesus came, that was hundreds of years later. Yes. You know, and this is a question that um, probably when I was not a kid, maybe a young teenager, there was a bit of tension between sometimes when people would tell me um, that God was my comfort. It's not that that isn't true. That is totally true. But it doesn't negate the very human feelings that can come from being in a time of feeling oppressed and however Mm. that looks, you know, whether that's physical oppression, whether that's just pressure of circumstance in life or whether that's, um, yeah, just mentally or emotionally or spiritually the things we're going through. Mm. Um, And, yeah, absolutely, there's we've. We have reason. You know, we can see that our God is a trustworthy God. And if you don't know that, you know, just, man, I encourage you guys to just explore God's word mm. and, and speak to people who can maybe help you with just that journey and the questions you have or whatever. And at the same time, knowing that while our faith shouldn't rest upon our feelings, it would be very ignorant of us to say that our feelings aren't involved in our journey of faith. Sure. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, just because we are human. And we do have times where we're like, God, I don't understand, or you've promised this, but where's the peace? You know, where's the rest from the oppressor? Does that make sense? Mm. Like, it's still a beautiful message. It's, you know, that doesn't negate that God has said it and it will come. But there are times when we're not, that hasn't quite arrived yet. Does that make sense? I guess one uh, one of the words that really stands out here is is the joy yeah. that comes. But I guess the question, you know, if you step back and, and think of it from a, a skeptical point of view, does Christianity really bring joy? Ooh. Ooh. You know, yep, is, is it something which really brings deep down happiness and fulfillment? Mm. Uh, that's something we really need to, to explore as well. Because mm. oh, some yeah. of our listeners may be saying, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Feel free to text in if you have any um, any any comments about the Bible study that we're going mm. through, anything that we've been talking about in the interview or in the news stories. We do love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we've got our third um, section. And you were just kind of talking before we had our song break about this thing about Christians having joy. Mm. And it sounded like you might have had some thoughts that you wanted to share, which we kind of had to take a break from. <laughs> well, I guess I, I'm sort of stepping in the minds of some of our listeners mm. who who may have had a church or religious experience yeah. which was negative. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 grew up in a church which was just really a you know oppressive, or they. Uh, they might have been in a, a situation where they experienced abuse or, or sexual abuse. You know, that they've mm. found that it's, Christianity is not a, a place of joy. 
and yet and yet this prophecy is kind of saying well it it, it should be it will be mm. and so the question is like how can we find joy what what is what is there to be what what sort of joy do we get from christianity mm. you know if it's all about rules if it's all about kind of traditions and 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 this is the way that you stand and sit and walk in in church is that does that bring joy to you know the average aussie and mm. and people in the the south pacific you know is that is that where joy comes from mm. and i think this is saying no there, there's another deeper kind of joy yeah that would be great to dive into we have a comment just uh, you asked a question I, I just wanted to add we had a comment from one of our listeners who who just wanted to comment on that um he said that god made man in his image likeness and we need to trust in god and put our feelings after understanding and we will find our joy so mm. interesting comment yeah, it's it's interesting that um, there's been a distinction that's been made between happiness, which is a is an emotion, and joy. Mm. Um, and happiness is like the kind of waves on the beach, you know, <laughs> uh, the the good old Aussie surf. Kind mm. of it, sometimes it's really flat, sometimes like it's so it's it's pounding the waves, you know, mm. fantastic surf, um, and and then you sort of going like well. You know, is Christianity like that? It's sometimes it's really flat, sometimes really amazing. Um, whereas joy has been described as the deep ocean currents, where where it's far beneath the the surface, you have these massive currents that that just circle the globe. You know, go around the Pacific, around the Atlantic. It kind of reminds me of Nemo. Mm. Uh, you know, where, where you have all of those uh, those those turtles and, and yeah. gets in the, the current, and away <laughs> he goes. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of thing. And and I think that that's the real thing. It's like the subwoofer yeah. of, of life. You know, where where you can really say, I'm going to get into that deep. Uh, reality with God, with Jesus, and that's where I want to be. And and I think the thing is that you know you got happiness on one level. Sometimes religion is kind of a middle level, but then a life of Jesus goes much much deeper, where you can experience a deep sense of joy. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe ultimately it comes. You know, going back to our interview before, it comes back to this idea that that we really can know that we are truly loved. Mm. Yeah. I think you're totally right, and I think it's incredibly powerful um, having that knowledge. Yes. Um, you know, I like. Let's just use this for an example. This message in Isaiah is to a people who physically were going to be in, or were in captivity. I can't remember. I think they were going to be in captivity. Um, you know, the Assyrians come and this whole thing. So this was also a message of physical restoration or redemption from that. I just imagine that your response. To be like, oh, I'm free, man. And it's all the work of God. Like, he's just like, I'm going to bring you this. I'm going to satisfy it. I'm going to, you can, it's almost like, how would I explain it? Like, your heart is at rest, right? And when you're not having to, um, oh, how would I explain Okay, I'm just going to side note, and then I'm going to join it back in. Someone a little while ago said to me, which just has stuck with me so deeply, there's kind of two things. One was, if I... Oh, what was it? It was like, yep, I see that the Bible is true, but if I become a Christian, it was almost like I'm going to stop having things to smile about. Stop having <laughs> like, fun. Yeah, stop having fun. Mm. And then the other thing was they were like, Christians are the most guilt-ridden people I know. Mm. And I was like, mm. oh. And I think that's – well, 
I'm not going to say always, but in my life that has at times been true because it's this constant thing of, oh, I know better or I should have done or do, rather than this space of like, man, do you know how good God is? Mm. Like, do you know? And letting that be the space that I operate from mm. rather than the look at me and what I can or can't do, yeah. which is all about the my works, right? Yeah. And, and we talk about this heaps. This is a massive discussion, you know, salvation by works or salvation by grace. But I, I think on a human level, we like to think that we can do things, you know. And for me, at least in my life, the times when I would say that consistent, like, joy, I'll say that you're in, that's a, that's deeper than happiness, hey, um, that really comes from that space yeah. of being like, yep, there might be things that I could have done better or that I did really well, but mm. that actually isn't where the basis of this lies. Yeah. Mm. And there's something in having that assurance that you're like, it's okay. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Does that make sense? There's like, a quality. I liked what the I liked what's been discussed. The whole undercurrent, the joy being mm. in an undercurrent in in a water. Like nothing can touch that. When mm. you have joy so deep, there is no external force that can touch that because it's embedded so deep within you. Um, it it really just it's it's where you. I, I guess that's where your faith is based in your heart. Mm. Um, but I'm just trying to say like, it's. Yeah, nothing can touch that. Nothing, no amount of gloom and doom will touch the joy that God has given you in your heart. Mm. Yeah, it reminds me of the, you know, the the cyclones that that you know lash um, islands in the Pacific. Mm. Um, and and you know, when you've got a cyclone, things just flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. The, the the waves are just crashing. Yeah. Um, you know, the the seas are like a, a jolly washing machine. <laughs> but the thing is that. That cyclone, no matter how powerful it is on the surface, the storms that we go through in life, those those deep sea currents are not affected at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. They just continue going. They're powerful. You you go with the flow, if I could put it that way. Yeah. And and that's the, the key. How do we tap into the really deep reality of who God is and what he thinks of us? And coming back to your point, Minnie, with the guilt, mm. I see the, the guilt... The problem with guilt, it's not God. Mm. The problem with guilt, it's it's our own, um, from a biblical point of view, it's our own sinfulness, yes. our own inadequacies, and our own tendency to, to think that we need to solve our own problems, yes. go yeah. our own way, that we know better than God. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think kind of touching on what you were just saying about the like the reality of who God is, and I think even, you know, in your in our interview of the day with you, we kind of talked about this idea of our worldview. I think what we believe about God actually drastically affects whether we tap into this space, yes. right? Because if I, at my core, unconsciously or consciously, believe that God is more of a taker than a giver, mm. man, that's going to change things. Whereas if I'm like, man, God is a giving God. Like we have a good father, a father of kindness and hope and comfort, you know, all these things. If Grace I, and forgiveness. Yes. If I fundamentally mm. believe that, that's a very different picture. You're more readily to uh, to receive that forgiveness and yeah. mm. that freedom and that joy, and that, that, joy. that he offers you. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is now come time for... Question of the Day. Yay, question of the day. Okay, here we go. Here is the question. What is Matthew 10, 23 about? Apparently, the Time magazine can't give the planet a time limit. 
So for those who wanted to know, Matthew 10, 23, in my translation, I'll just quickly read it. It says, when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So this is a fascinating question and and a really important one. And let me just throw in the spinner, the the curveball here. So so the person that that is asking this question is really pointing to the fact that it appears Mm -hmm. like Jesus is saying, I will come back. My second coming back will be so soon that Mm -hmm. you'll have just started to go through the towns in in Israel and then I'll come back. So so literally within a few years. Mm. But of course, the reality is that 2,000 years later, effectively, we, we are still here and Jesus hasn't come back. And so the question is, did Jesus actually know what he was talking about? <laughs> You know, was he was he mistaken? Was he was he giving false kind of hopes? Mm-hmm. Now, let me. Um, the key to understand a a text, a a verse like this, is to understand the context. Mm-hmm. So, I want to take you into the context of what's happening here. Awesome. But I'm going to throw an even bigger spinner um, <laughs> as we go go nice. through as as well to make it even more sort of challenging. So, so hang in with me. What's happening here in uh, Matthew chapter ten is that. Uh, Jesus has called together 12 of his followers and has called them to be his apostles. Mm. And so you've got Peter, James, and John and and the rest of them as well. And what he does is he then, um, in verse 5, he sends them out and gives them a whole lot of instructions. This is what I want you to do because I've called you for a purpose. Mm. And and he then, in verse 5, he gives this very, very strange instruction. Um, So this This adds fuel to the fire, shall I say. He says, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So it sounds like not only is Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about, he gives people false hope. He doesn't know when he's coming back, but he's also racist. (laughs) He's saying, ignore the Gentiles. Don't go to Samaritans. Just stick with the Israelites. Stay with the Jews. Mm. So there's the second kind of spinner. So, but stay with me. What he then goes to do is he says, you know, go heal the sick, raise the dead, uh, cast out demons, tell people the kingdom of God is is near the kingdom of heaven and, and um, uh, just go from town to town, find the people that are open and share the gospel with them. Mm. If you don't find a person that's open, then uh, then go to, to someone else, but you will be persecuted. That's what he's doing. Now, the key is to come over to the, the next, uh, a similar passage where in Luke chapter 10, where, where Jesus actually says to uh, give similar instructions to 72. So he's expanding his horizon, so to say. And in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 1, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Same instructions. You can read it in Luke chapter 10. But what that tells us is that Jesus was planning to follow them. So when we come back to Matthew 10, what Jesus is saying, he's not saying this is when I come back the second time. He is actually saying, I will follow you very closely. So mm-hmm. what, what he's really doing, he's not talking about his second coming. He's talking about following after them. Mm-hmm. And he's giving a sense of, of hope, expectancy. So the disciples could go out there knowing 
that they're not alone, but they actually have Jesus coming behind them. So they're working fast. They're enjoying it. That's what Jesus is talking about. And, and he's got a strategy that's going to go. This gospel is going to go to the whole world. It's just a start off strategy. He's going to follow them up. It's amazing what this verse actually says. Absolutely. <laughs> 